Hello. Welcome to Respectfully Podcast. I'm Nikki Pope. And I'm Lily Cox. And this week we are talking about all things PR. What is PR? What can it do for your business? And what can a PR expert offer to your career and to your media profile? Our first guest this week is Sharon Brigden. Sharon is the Managing Director of SLB PR, a disruptive, culturally engaged lifestyle communications agency, respected and renowned in the hairdressing industry for their clever, creative work for clients of all sizes. And joining Sharon is former journalist Sally Learmouth. Sally founded Gloss Communications in 2005 and has a very impressive roster of clients, brands and hairdressers and offers a full range of services from PR to social media, events and business development. You have clients, I believe Sally actually and Sharon as well, both outside the hairdressing industry, which I'm sure inform your PR service as well. So Mm. welcome ladies. Hello. Hello. Yeah. Okay, so let's kick this off then. And if I may ask you both, what would be your elevator pitch for your PR? Sharon, do you want to go first? Okay, I'll go first. Um, I think the importance of PR is it is about obviously brand reputation it's about a full fully comprehensive communication strategy in terms of it's looking at how people view you from every angle so from you know it can be as simple as the minute they walk into reception what do they see through to the messages you're communicating to your clients and to the general public i think a lot of people forget that that's what it is it's communications Nice. Brilliant. Mm. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) Very concise. And Sally, what's your... Well, we find that um, salons are often brilliant, but they're so busy being busy, they're not able to communicate that to a wider audience. So I think where we come in is to find their message and help them to portray that. Excellent. Mm. Where do I sign? (laughs) (laughs) PR can be such a big wealth of things, and I guess it's, it's like what one person needs as a PR strategy might not it's not one size fits all is it oh no I think I think they're completely it's always bespoke you can never you can never have there'll be certain elements that um, are applicable to lots of different people of lots of different sizes but everything it should always be bespoke because every business is individual so you need to work with that business to find out what it is that they need and they need to, you know, a lot of, probably I'm sure Sally will agree with me that a lot of the things that you do is you spend time talking to potential clients about what it is that they want to achieve as well. So it's, you can't just go in and go, right, this is what you need from PR. Yeah. They, they need to tell you what they want. Would that be your first question then if you have a prospective client to say, what are your aims? What are you looking for? Definitely, always. There has to be a point to PR, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And PR doesn't exist in a vacuum as well, so I think it's really important for people to know that you can't just retain a PR and then leave them to go and do PR. <laughs> they need yeah. to contribute to that, and that's you know a whole realm of things. So it's listening to the advice. I'm very much getting back in a timely fashion because that's one mm. of the things that people really fall down on. If they don't meet a deadline, that's seriously not, not good. Yeah. So it might be a PR to, for a particular project, like a salon opening, a salon yeah. launch, or um, something like an mm. event or a particular happening. But what about sort of profile or ongoing PR then? You still need to have things happening? Ha- I think you do, but I think if you're, if you're a small-ish salon initially, I'd use PR as, as you would maybe some refresher training or something, that you bring somebody in and you just use them for three to six months and you identify the goals that you want to achieve and you work on those. I think if you're quite small, 
as a salon it's really hard to keep creating stories yeah and that's really what you need to do because as PRs we need to sell stories out to people engage interests and yeah have you, a reason you have a reason to talk to people which is you know most people most salons will have ongoing things as trends change that kind of thing but yeah. I do think you need to think very hard about what it is that you want your PR to achieve on your behalf yeah because I think Lily, you and I, the importance of PRs for us is that they broker a relationship between us and, well, in our case, hairdressers, because that's our industry, yeah. and also put, give us reasons to write or speak or blog about events and what people are thinking and saying and doing. Yeah, absolutely. I think that we all know it to be true in the hairdressing industry any way that relationships are everything between the hairdressers themselves between the PR and their client between the journalists and the PRs and I think that again leading on from what Nikki said before our relationships with PRs are really strong and they are very helpful at bringing to the fore you know some of the the more local stories that we wouldn't hear otherwise yeah it's feed us ideas as well as us come to you with things mm. that we need yeah so let's go to the sort of starter level. How does somebody know when they need a PR rather than doing it themselves or, or when they're big enough to have something to PR or, or enough stories, things happening? So do you have to just have more than one salon or do you have to be a certain size? What Are there any pointers that you would think? I think a lot of it comes down to budget actually initially. Mm. I think that when you take a PR on, it needs to be something that you can afford to do but that you're not doing it because your business relies on it, if you know what I mean. I think it's a it's an essential part of your team and your marketing, and you treat it in the same way as you would having a receptionist or a colorist mm-hmm. or a. It's just one area of your business that needs looking after. Yeah. And I think if you're at a level where you know that you need to be communicating to press, you know, there's different reasons for doing it. So for some salons, it might be that they want to communicate to clients to get more people into the salon. Right, it might growth, be, yeah. Yeah, it might be that they want to um, build their reputation so that they can deliver education either for themselves or for a product company. So there are different reasons for doing it. Yeah, I think Sally's absolutely right. I think it's you wouldn't just get anybody in to do your colour training. You wouldn't get anybody in to do your cutting training. So you get the right professional for the right job. Yeah, and I think that's when you you bring in a PR when you when you want to when you want to make some noise. Yeah, you, to, you know whether you're making noise to your clients or you're making noise to journalists or in the industry, that's when you need to bring a PR in. Right. I, I sorry, I think chemistry is really important as mm-hmm. well because I think that a lot of it comes down to. I mean, you see people who stay with PRs for a really long time. There's other people who move around, and I think sometimes. It might not necessarily be the PR, but it's about the relationship between them and the salon Mm. and the fact that they're all on the same page and that they can work nicely together. So I think it's really important to get that in early on. Yeah, so it's about whether you actually like each other and like what you do or like the service. Well, you're an extension of the team because a good relationship, you're working very closely with that client and you you have almost daily contact. Mm. So you have to, you know, you have to get on professionally and personally as well because you have to be singing from the same hymn sheet basically yeah yeah have you ever had to let anybody go or encourage them out the door (laughs) (laughs) that'll be a yes (laughs) (laughs) moving swiftly on (laughs) I I think because you work so closely with your clients I mean I know for me and I'm sure you'd agree Sharon 
you know, I'm really close with my clients. Like I could call them at 10 o'clock at night and we do sort of text each other and we, you know, mm. you have a strong relationship, like you have to. Yeah. And if you are working in such close proximity with someone who you aren't getting on with for whatever reason, and it's very unusual for that to happen, I have to say. Yeah. But if it does, I think from a quality life point of view, you know, why would you work with that person going yeah. forward? There's plenty of lovely people out there in the world. Mm. And it's probably mutual, I would think, by the time it's got to that point, yeah. you know, if, if something's not gelling, really. So personally, yeah. we don't tie people into long um, notice periods, because oh, right. from my perspective, if it's not working, there's no point dragging that out. Right, yeah, we're the same. We don't do that if it's not working. It's not working. Why would you drag it out? It's not beneficial yeah. for either either side. No. But I think you, you become, it's very, it becomes obvious very quickly, like that you can work with somebody or not. I mean, you can usually tell, I suppose you get a sixth sense about it now, don't you? Yeah, been, you do, you know quite quickly. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. you're going to work with somebody. it's such a personal thing, yeah. isn't it? So, can you, do you, would you credit PR with being able to really turn around somebody's reputation or to help them turn the business around? Do you think it can be that? Yeah, I think when you, when you talk about PR in its entirety, so you talk about all the communications, so, I mean, uh, I presume it's the same for you, Sally. Sometimes we, we have clients and they've asked us to help them choose the magazines that go on the, you know, that go that the clients get, you know, down to yeah. the coffee that they're serving or what should they be giving clients. So it goes beyond trying to get column inches. Yeah. And we often become so much a part of, of, of a company that we're involved in quite big decisions and where they're going moving forward. So you're very much part of that. So... I'd say good PR, yeah, it should yeah. definitely turn a business around or enhance it, or, and you become yeah. as important a team member or yeah. team members, you know, as other staff. Mm. I, I'd agree, and I think that when you look at big companies, PR is something that's at boardroom level, because otherwise, if people have an idea, bring that idea to fruition, then it gets in front of you to PR it, and straight away you can see why that's not going to go anywhere, or, you know, it's yeah. not a good idea or it's just not, you know, any sort of an idea, it's not worth it. Yeah. If that had happened at the top level, you wouldn't have gone down that path yeah. in the first oh. place. Oh gosh, there's some howlers, aren't there, on the news, when you sort of think, how yeah. did that ever get yeah, to the definitely. point of being out there, you know? Where was Liam Neeson's thing on the other day? Yeah. Well, Fire Island. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Fire yeah. Festival. Fire Festival. Zoella Christmas calendar was another one. It was just so shocking. If a PR had seen that in the development stages, <laughs> yeah. they would just have said, no, no way. Land. I know. What's the worst thing you've been asked to do <laughs> as a PR? The worst thing? Have there been times when you've just turned around and said, just, no, that's not me, or... That's not achievable, maybe. I don't think there's anything as such, but I have had conversations with people where they've said that they want to promote something and I'm saying to them, that's not what you can promote. So, for example, you're saying to them, right, we need to come up with some good ideas now for what we're pitching in this month. And they'll say, we're great at customer service. And you'll say that's kind of a given and it's not a consumer message you yeah. know we can talk in the trade press about delivering fantastic customer service oh. and how that grows your business but that's not a story like I can't get someone from the evening standard to come in and review you because you're great at customer service that's just yeah. not, oh, a story. That's not a story and it's it's also understanding that your your PR is a professional so I think we we're talking about this earlier about the difference like between advertising and editorial yeah. Yeah. and you know so 
with editorial it's a story and it's not something that you can say to the journalist let me read that before it goes to print and it's not something that you have control over exactly how it's written mm -hmm. and I think probably the worst things is when you get something back from a client and they're like I want my logo on it and you're like you can't you, yeah, because, that's because that doesn't happen unless you're paying for that yeah. space then yeah. you can put in it what you want if you're not paying for it we as your professional have to work with those journalists to make it as you know to make mm -hmm. it what you want it to be well, Nikki mentioned earlier about, um, you know, PR being able to turn a business around and you've both kind of agreed with that statement. What would you say was your, your biggest success, your biggest PR success? Have you got one that springs to mind, either of you? I've got quite a few. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. This is one of my biggest, but oh, I, I don't know I, one that you were really pleased with at the time. Or so I think with each client, you get really involved with them and what they do. Um, so, for example, Kareen Jackson um, has been doing organic color for a number of years, and that mm -hmm. color's vegan. And a couple of years ago, I said to her, "Well, you're doing vegan color, but then you're serving that. You know, you're serving coffee with milk and chocolate chip cookies. So if you made that a vegan service." then that's something that we could package up and it appeals to press and to clients. Sure. So we've done that, we've had loads of coverage of it and I was asking her about the figures from it and she says now 6% of her revenue comes from specifically vegan colour services. So that's something wow. where you can see yeah. in the media. Mm. Yeah, you can quantify it. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then for me as well, Jack Howard, who came over to the UK a few years ago, I stumbled over him on Twitter and just thought he looked like a really interesting character when I <laughs> met him. And now we've been working together for about five years. And to see what he's done is tremendous. You know, the education that he delivers mm. and he's in demand for his mm. classes and... And an international reputation as well. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then Jamie Stevens is yeah. another one. I've um, obviously worked with Babyliss Pro for quite a long time and I just think the work that we've done with them, a lot of that is sort of like, I suppose one of the things I'm proudest is, is um, the work that we've done on London Fashion Week and on mm, the International amazing. Fashion Weeks and, mm -hmm. and working with session stylists and how we've made them the brand of session stylists. Yeah. And I think that's something I've, I probably am most proud of that yeah. as well. As, but then equally, by doing that, we also work, you know, with smaller salons. And when you just see that, that something that you've done has increased footfall or it's increased sales, you know, you've done something on retail for them with local media and it's increased mm -hmm. their retail sales. That's the same buzz. Yeah. So, right. so it doesn't matter what level it's at, it's still the same buzz. Yeah, yeah. the achievement. Yeah, definitely. You touched on something that's interesting there for me, Sharon. Um, the idea, is it still true that you would then have different PR strategy for consumer opposed to your trade PR, maybe the same person, because I know you both do work a lot with consumer and, and trade, but what's the difference? Why, why would you be PRing in a different way for the trade? So there's, there's some crossover, um, but no, I'm, well, the stories are really different. In terms of trade, you've got to think why that salon wants to appeal to trade. So is it because they want to drive recruitment? Is it because they want to wow a product company? Is it because they're already the face of a product company and they want to make sure that product company is getting value for money? Um, so the stories are really different and often it's things that a salon wouldn't think is interesting. It's just a procedure that they do. Yeah. But you can see the potential for a really good trade story in that that will help educate other salon owners. Yeah, yeah. So it's different. Whereas on the consumer side, it would be what kind of stories? 
I suppose you're on the consumer side, you're talking trends, you're talking for, I mean, for individual salons, you're talking bums on seats. Yeah. Because you're talking about something that would drive football into their salon or make people more aware of them. Mm-hmm. And it depends, some, some, you have some salon owners who want to be renowned for their creativity, that's their big driver, is, is the fact that they're creative. So mm-hmm. they want to be renowned, so you push that a lot towards consumer and a lot towards national consumer press as well, so that it's not regionalised, it's more national. Yeah, so why should then a small salon have an, a national PR rather than a local PR? It depends what somebody wants yeah. from a PR, because they yeah. could want, you know, they might want several things, they might just not want one thing, they might want to win awards, they might want to become nationally recognised, they might want more a higher profile within the industry as well, yeah. so it covers all bases, mm-hmm. so in that case you want somebody who's rounded and probably a specialist in the hair industry as well, so you'd mm-hmm. want somebody who's a specialist in hair and beauty, but I think if you want regional PR to sort of drive bums on the seats basically you want somebody who knows your area so you need somebody who can do both yeah. so talk to the local press talk to the local, local press yeah. as well so mm-hmm. i mean it doesn't mean it doesn't mean that person has to live in your city or your no, town no, or whatever they just have to have a knowledge and have an understanding of how regional media works as well mm-hmm. i would say as well with regional media a lot of it can be paid so it depends on your area sometimes you get really lucky and there'll be loads of supportive titles that will cover you because you've got a brilliant news story other times they will only do it if you place an ad and it's a you know you'll get a page of editorial if you do a page of advertising so if you have a pr they are able to navigate that for you and recognize what is achievable what is not and if you are going to place an advert how can you get the best out of that spend yeah i think that's a really important point one of the main things i think that a professional PR can give you is maximising your budget as well like Sally says like if you're paying for advertising mm. you might if you were doing it off your own back you might just pay for the ad and not realise that actually you could that could open the door to lots of things like say if Sally or I went in we'd say right we're paying for the ad but we want you know three posts on social media we want um, a page of, of um, editorial as well we want you to bring in some help us do a client event and promote it to all your readers so there's yeah. much more that we can do. So has social media really changed the face of PR? Has it, has it changed your workload significantly over the last 10 or 15 yeah, absolutely. years? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Beyond recognition. Yeah. 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 So I think um, when it first began, social media was seen as a bit of a, you know, something we should be doing, but we don't really want to pay for it. Whereas these days, social media is that has to be negotiated as part of your PR because it's so time consuming and yeah. it's not just a case of you know sticking up a post once every couple of days it needs to be managed properly there needs to be a plan in place otherwise you yeah. know and it's it needs to be it. responsive I think mm-hmm. increasingly social media is a conversation mm-hmm. not just a hello this is what I do mm-hmm. so it's about engagement and absolutely and if you're not responding to them then you're not really helping you in terms of the algorithm because if you're not responding then Facebook and Instagram aren't going to show your post to as many people as if you are responding yeah so it's really important that you do that side of things and that was the biggest shocker for me was to find that a post just doesn't automatically go to everybody who follows you you just imagine it does yeah and I think that's something that um, I think that is a surprise for some people and also you know you could have you know a thousand followers who aren't based in your area versus a hundred who are and kind of hang on your every word so obviously it's it's much more to do with the I think the quality rather than the quantity. Yeah, I think that's quite becoming quite old-fashioned now in in social media generally. I think just having 
tens of thousands of followers, it doesn't mean anything. Because like you say, it's about the quality and it's about the engagement. Yeah. And it's about that conversation that you mm. have with those people. And that is really important. It's, like you say, responsiveness is, is the huge part. It's like not answering the phone. You wouldn't sit in the salon all day and just let the phone ring. Exactly. Yeah, it's exactly point. the same thing. Yeah. 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 And I think people really use social media as your shop window now. So, you know, something that Karina said that I thought was really interesting is, when she set her salon up 15 years ago, she's in Covent Garden in a sort of prime spot. Whereas now, people find her on the internet more than they find her from yeah. walking past her window. Yeah. So as long as her website is good, her mm. Facebook page is updated and everything that's current, then that's something that attracts clients. Yeah, that's a really important point as well. I think your social media, it has to look, it has to look lovely. Mm-hmm. You're selling you know you're you're selling an image and that is your shop window so it has to look good people have Mm -hmm. to look at that and go right I want to have a look at that and I think especially on Instagram when people tend then to look at your whole grid that whole grid has to look lovely it has to have some kind of flow to it has to have some kind of feeling to it that represents your brand which is you know which is a huge part and with your website as well those brands have to marry across they have to be consistent across different channels they, def- oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely do I was just going to add I mean we've kind of discussed it already but I think it's so important that the information on your website or your social media is easy to find in terms of telephone numbers or email addresses or opening hours and addresses mm-hmm. so many times as again as trade media sometimes we're trying to get hold of a salon maybe for a quote maybe to send them a copy of a magazine maybe Lots of different reasons. Check and spell their name, whatever it might be. And we go to some of the websites and we go to some of the social media pages and we can't quite Mm. find out who the right person to contact is. Yeah, don't bury the news, really. And I think it's that is is so important for the trade media side and equally for a consumer. If you can't Mm. find the number really quickly to give them a call or the email address or you know the address of the salon itself. You lose clients so quickly. Well, you just go. Else, you? Yeah, oh, you're going to say that's too difficult. And, and make it make it up to date as well. So you know whether it's PR that you've got um, an agency working with you, or whether you're doing it on some level or all of it yourself. Just make sure it's current. Yeah. Don't start something that you're not going to be able to maintain. Don't start a news page on your website. Don't start a Twitter feed. Because equally, I think it's very off-putting if, I, if you find something that's a bit old mm. and yeah. hasn't been looked mm. after. You sort of think, oh, okay, I'm not going to there I think so, drive people to your social for your news that would that's the easiest way of doing it without then having to have another page that you mm-hmm. need to update especially if you're doing it yourself you don't want to be updating mm-hmm. your social every day and then having to update your news pages as well because it is time consuming yeah. what about the thorny question of budget so what I think there's two sides um, to the finances for me. One is I understand that you might pay for PR, one might pay for PR in different ways, retainer fees or project mm-hmm. fees. But also, just to help listeners out there who maybe don't have a PR at the moment, what kind of budget might you need to start with? Is it possible to say? Are we talking hundreds? Are we talking thousands? Is it monthly? Is it annually? I don't think you'd probably get much out of 500, under £500 a month. Because it's time-consuming and it's professional. Um, I think you, you could probably go to PRs and get like one press release done right. on something. But then when you think you're getting one piece of paper and you're not, because with that press release goes all the research before it, goes all the sending it out, then fo- good PRs will follow up as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's not just it's not I'm just spending two hours thing. writing something. It's a whole package. Yeah. But I think it's something that if you... 
if you see what you like in a way what other people are doing then see who does their PR and talk to those people because I think most especially in hair I think most PRs most of us all work on sort of different levels with different clients Right, mm-hmm. depending on what depending the, on so who they, they are, are what you're doing. Feeds back so. into the bespoke yeah. thing of yeah, PR definitely. that you mentioned earlier. Well, we would usually work on a retainer basis because I think a lot of good PR comes out of having that long term relationship mm-hmm. with a client. Um, so so retainer is where you set a monthly fee. Yeah, as say an that, ongoing. Yeah. 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 And then we would they be a minimum of six months because you can't see anything because because yeah. of you well for lead times with magazines yeah. so you can. I could play something, or Sally could play something tomorrow, but it doesn't mean it's going to be out in print in the no, three months. No, I think you've so. definitely got to um, plan. So I think with a good PR, there's only a finite amount of clients that they can take on because you don't want to be spread too thinly. Mm. You certainly don't want to be passing things out to other members of the team who aren't as experienced as you. Like for me, I wouldn't want to go out, pitch to a client, tell them I was going to give them a wonderful service based on my 15 years' experience and then, mm. you know, not speak to them again. Yeah. So I think yeah. if you want a good PR, you need to recognise you need to pay for a place on that roster. Yeah, yeah I agree mm. completely. It's, it's not... There's lots and lots of big PR companies, not necessarily in our sector, but where that's well known, that they do that. They, the, the senior team go in, pitch for something, get the client, yeah. and then it's given to the junior team. Do you think there is any such thing as, as bad PR? I know that a couple of years ago that was a, a quite famous not even a famous quote, but it was a thing. There's no such thing as bad PR. So even like the Liam Neeson thing that's been in the news recently, I appreciate that's not great for him, but it's generated a lot of press about this film in particular. What, how, where do you stand on no such thing? I think there is bad PR. Yeah. I do. There's some things that I see in the news and I just think, oh, thank yeah. God I'm not working on that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think there's bad PR. I think you could, there's certainly what you do about it can be something that you can control, and that mm. is when you need a good PR yeah. to, to yeah. sort of um, damage control. Yeah. yeah. Really, mm. I used to work in publicity a long time ago with um, various big characters, and you know, basically, if the Daily Star got a story that you didn't want them to have, you'd ring up the Sun and give them another story and hope they knocked each other out. Mm. So, there's what you can do about it, I suppose, is, yeah. is important. Yeah. But yeah. I don't think every PR. Uh, I think times PR. have changed as well. I think times have changed so much that I think consumers, and I just mean all of us as consumers, we, we don't want to be flannelled, we don't want to be lied to, we like people to be trustworthy, we like our brands to be open. With your clients, where might they fall down? Where do you sometimes feel that they don't get the, the most of their money from your services? Well, obviously our clients are very well versed in what they need to do. Of course, Sally, of course. However, in in general terms, um, clients need to be responsive, they need to get back to you on time, um, so make yourself available. Um, It's things like, you know, if you email a quote to a client and then you ring them and you say it's really important we get this back, clearly it's important that we get this back. Uh, things like imagery as well when you say I need a high-res image and they say can you just pull it off Instagram no we need a high-res image so that's the sort of thing that we need Um, I think as well having a calendar and sticking to it so instead of it you know getting to the start of the month and saying we're going to do this on the 10th we need to know about that three months beforehand to really get good mileage out of it so I think Mm. you know really good plan and sticking to it delivering when you say you will 
Mm-hmm. I think that's part of the relationship, isn't it, that you have with that client. It's, it's almost like when you start with a new client, I think sometimes clients think that they're going to be handing stuff over to you and it's going to be easy. You're like, actually, for that first month, it's probably going to be quite intense because I'm going to tell you everything that we need to do, know going forward. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm going to ask you that I'll need it in that. In fact, you're going to have to give me so much information before we can pick this up and we can run with everything. It's actually more work initially for the client before you get to know each other really, really well and then you can pick up and you can second guess them and you know what they want and how they work. So I think if you think by hiring a PR your first month, that's it, I've just handed everything over, actually your first month will probably be quite intense. Yeah, yeah. and I think that with our editor, publisher head on, I can I can totally endorse what you're saying. Speed is of the essence because if we're sitting there with um, a piece that we want to write, um, we might have asked two or three people to contribute, and the first one back will be the one that certainly gets in. If I need two quotes, I'll ask for three because I know somebody's going to drop the ball. So if it turns out to be you that's dropped the ball, you don't get in. Mm. If your clients dropped the ball and not replied, so it certainly is one of the reasons we would work with PRs is to actually ensure ourselves against that happening. Can I ask you two a question? Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what do you look for in a journalist PR relationship? Hmm. Reliability is really important. For sure. Reliability and the same actually, communication. So sometimes we get sent releases and if we have to chase up for the pictures or we have to chase up for the details or you know that kind of stuff is as Nikki said, you know, sometimes we're up against our own deadlines and things. So that the reliability factor is really important yeah, to us, and the back. speed of of um, and understanding our products. So Lily and I publish a quarterly magazine that is every three months. That doesn't mean that we have a weekly news page. So it's very stressful when PRs ring up. Um, you can always tell who the newest person is because they've been told to just ring around all the magazines and find out what they're working on. So you get the newest person saying, you know, what's the weekly news page looking like? And we're like, we don't have one. So <laughs> it's really, that can be, yeah, quite stressful. Well, thank you, Sally and Sharon, for that. That's been brilliant. And I think there's quite a lot in there. About oh, we could go on for hours. <laughs> PR and what it is and what it can do and, and best practices for you in the meantime. So... I'm Nikki Pope, and together with Lily Cox, we've prepared lots of show notes for you on this week's topic of PR. So during the conversation, we've jotted down further information, sources, and explanations. I know Sally and Sharon have made reference to a couple of their clients, but they each represent um, a very impressive suitcase full of (laughs) of hairdressing brands and clients. So you can find out more about them in the show notes as well. Please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe on iTunes. And if you'd like to join the conversation, you can email us at info at ihaa.co.uk. We'd love to hear from you. So until next time, goodbye. 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 Yay. <laughs>